Okay, good morning, everyone. I want to thank our sponsors, as always, for our 10 minutes of meeting. Becky and Avi Katz, in memory of Becky's father, Lili Nishmas, David ben Menachem Manash, David Grossman. We are Mesilis Hasharim on the fourth chapter, and I'm going to summarize the end of the fourth chapter and move on to the fifth chapter. The Ramchal, at the end of the fourth chapter, has been talking about how we can be motivated to be the best version of ourselves, how we can live lives we are most proud of, in which we are aspiring, we have ambition to be the most perfect and best version of ourselves. Some are motivated simply by the pursuit of perfection. Some are internally motivated to do the right thing and to want to give the greatest impression, to leave the best legacy and to live the best life. But the masses, says the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, the majority of people need to be stimulated. They need to be motivated by external factors. And so the whole second half of Parakdality talks about the external factors of reward and punishment. The notion that we live lives in which we're mindful of accountability. See, most of the mistakes that we make and most of the indiscretions that we violate happen because we think there's no one who really cares. What does it really matter what we say, what we look at, what we eat, where we go, how we behave? Why does it really matter? And when we mistakenly think that there's not consequences or we're not held accountable or it doesn't really matter that's when we're at the greatest risk, we're most vulnerable to having poor judgment, to making bad mistakes. But if we realize that we are held accountable, that what we do matters, that our thought, our speech, our action has cosmic implications, it influences, it shapes our world, and it impacts the world around us, then we would be much more conscientious and mindful of the choices we make and the behaviors that we lead. And the Ramchal goes through and he quotes... One by one, all of our greatest leaders from Avraham and Avimelech and Yaakov and all these episodes, Yosef, David, Michal, Chizkio, goes through all of these great leaders that HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds us accountable. One can look at our accountability and wonder, if Hashem is our loving Father, why does He hold us accountable? Be flexible, be forgiving, be foregoing. Let us just do what we want, what makes us happy, what brings us pleasure. If He's our loving Father... Why is he exacting? Why is he giving us consequences? And the answer any of us parents know is, a loving parent, an act of love, is dafka to hold accountable. The parents who let their children do what they want, go where they want, act as they want, without any consequence, without any response or result, are not good parents. That's terrible parenting. Proper parenting that helps mold and shape children and helps those children strive to be the best version of themselves is the type of parenting where you have a standard and you set an expectation and you support and encourage that child to be able to live that best life, that best version of themselves. So rather than look that Hashem has accountability, that God gives us consequences for our actions as something negative, we should recognize that if God holds us accountable for our actions, what it means is He believes in us. He believes that we're capable, that we have the capacity for greatness. Because nobody, God Himself, would not set a standard or have an expectation of us unless it could be met. So in fact, rather than see it as something negative, and rather than see it as something harsh or a negative judgment, or coming from a place of hate rather than love, we should realize that Hashem holding us accountable comes from the highest place of love and the highest place of belief in us. And we have to believe in ourselves as much as He believes in us. Rabbah emunasach, at the end of Modani, we say every morning, if we woke up this morning, He believes in us. We have yet more to accomplish, to achieve, to do, 
we've not yet fulfilled being the best version of ourselves. Rav Tzadok HaKohen writes, just as we have to have Amunah in Hashem, we have to have Amunah in ourselves as we are extensions of Hashem. He believes in us and that's why we're here. And we have to believe in ourselves. And the fact that He gives us consequences and holds us accountable only means that He believes that we're capable and competent for greatness. Basalavitchik has an amazing insight on Vidoy Meiser. Chazal call the confession the farmer makes when he distributes and allocates all the tithes. So he takes in his harvest, all of his produce, and the farmer allocates the tithes to all of the proper addresses and then offers a confession. And it's the most bizarre confession of all time. Because the farmer says, Hashem, I nailed it. I got it right. I didn't make one mistake. I did it perfectly. I did everything correct. That's a confession. Confession is normally an admission of what I did wrong. And Rabbi Soloveitchik says, listen to this incredible insight. Why is it a confession? Why is it vidoy meiser when the farmer says, I did everything perfectly right? Because what the farmer is saying is, I did everything in this situation perfectly right. And I have to confess, I could be more perfect in other areas of my life too. The fact that I succeeded here is evidence. And it therefore obligates me that I could succeed more in other aspects and other areas of my life as well. If you have a child who's not doing well in school, they're doing poorly on their exams. So the parents take away their technology or threaten to ground the child if they don't up their game for their midterms. And the child then buckles down and tries really hard and ends up nailing a good grade, gets a great grade on that next test. On the one hand, it's good news. They got a great grade on the next test. On the other hand, it means it reveals the child is capable of getting those grades all the time if they would only apply themselves. So implicit in getting the good grade is a confession. I could always get good grades if I always apply myself. And we too, we too, if we always apply ourselves, can get the best grades in life. Just like we can excel and succeed in certain distinct areas or at certain moments in time, that reveals about us and therefore obligates us that we can and should succeed in all areas of our life as well. So the end of Perak Dalad, the Ramchal goes through, how do we acquire that attribute, that trait? How can we pledge to live lives of mindfulness, of consciousness, that we're present in every decision, in every thought, in everything that we say, in everywhere we go, and what we look at? So again, some people are internally motivated. They want to be the best version of themselves. They're always driven for success. They have ambition, and that's wonderful. But even those who lack that kind of ambition and who are satisfied with, eh, with mediocrity, if we realize that the mediocrity that we achieve will place us with mediocrity for eternity, for all time, as we see other people with better seats and more access and better status, if we realize that there's consequences and accountability to being satisfied and complacent and apathetic, and being okay with mediocrity, those consequences themselves would motivate us. Let's just begin the fifth parak, the first sentences. Because the Ramchal now goes on and talks about, and even just the title of the next chapter is so instructive to how we make changes in our lives. It's called, See, it's not just enough to say, this is a positive lifestyle change, I'm going to embrace it, I'm going to employ it, I'm going to be different. If you don't at the same time try to identify and what are the things that are going to be obstacles? What's going to knock me off course? What's going to distract me? What's going to prevent me from making that change I want to make? If you don't identify what's going to be an obstacle or prevent you, and all you do is have dreamy-eye pursuit of trying to achieve that new, you'll never do it. 
You have to know and identify in life what are the obstacles. And the Ramchal says, what are the obstacles to leading mindful lives? Why isn't from when we wake up in the morning till we go to sleep at night? Why do we say things we didn't mean to say? And why do we do things we regret doing? And why do we eat things or quantities that afterwards we feel horrible about ourselves? Why are we so blissfully and blindly going through life making mistakes instead of being mindful and present and being able to end the day saying, that was the best version of me. So he says to Ramchal, there are three obstacles. There are three things that are in our way. There are three things that prevent us from leading that best life. And what are they? Ha'echad? being overly occupied and preoccupied with worldly matters. How could you possibly be mindful and make the best decisions if that device in your pocket is constantly buzzing and beeping and vibrating, if you have messages coming from all over, if you're tracking the stock market and headline news and what happened in sports, if the whole world is on your shoulders and is interfering and creating noise and there's background noise throughout your life, you're going to have static. You can't possibly make good decisions. Hashem the second has halatzon, frivolity and cynicism, sarcasm. If you have a cynical attitude towards life, you're not going to be present. And lastly, hashlishi hachevra hara'a. We are a result of the people that we hang out with. We are the composite of the people that we spend time with. I'll go through them one by one, and the Mirza Hashem will continue with it next week. Have a great day. Have the best version of yourself day.